Does Matt get this before every big damn cast as well, Chris? No, because now we're back in person, so he just he shows up and goes, ah, fucking press record, please. And I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Not even any foreplay. <laughs> no foreplay. Straight to the you know, straight to the resentment. Uh, my, my f- and you know how you you fade out? <laughs> you know how you fade out at the end of every episode? That's actually because Matt is just already walking out of the building. <laughs> What was funny is, by the time the feeling had returned to my anus, we'd already caught the pigeon. Well, that's what you get for going in dry, really, isn't it? That's very true. Very, very, yeah. No foreplay. Yes. No foreplay going yes. dry. Um, oh, sweet baby lord. Hell. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to a uh, short, sweet, and concise Big Damn Cast. Lies. We're not, <laughs> we're not getting as much Big Damn Cast as we pay for. You don't pay for anything, sweet uh, cheeks. Some people pay a little bit. Patreon.com slash Big Damn Cast. But in the meantime, we've got two episodes to record in one block. What? Why? Because things are happening and we're busy. So uh, we're going to keep it nice and simple. This week, <laughs> I know, this week, we have got um, our thoughts on the Rusty D uh, Doctor Who Return, R2, RTD2. RTD2. It's been labelled in some cycles. Uh, uh, as well as... RTD2, uh, Vengeance. What if the Party Thor episode? And I think that's it for this week. Do you have any emails we need to cover? We've got a couple of emails actually, including including one from from longtime absentee, Tom Monty. in colour <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll do those this week uh, and then next week will be some tat so please enjoy yes First, love tat I am Chris uh, it rubs the lotion on its skin Johnson and I am Matt getting the hose again Watson <laughs> we we always record with the hose always and the bitches just to keep you in, <laughs> just to keep you in line <laughs> oh right oh that no that kind you, of hose oh that kind of hose yeah yeah no worries the bitches just don't laugh alright okay. um, I just, Thought we had a lot of greased naked humans gyrating in the corner kink. of the room. Uh, no, Buffalo Bill is my kink. Oh, uh, okay. Just the words Ted in, that, in that succession. No, no, Ted... not Ted Levine. Not the character. Not the goodbye horses. None of that. Just the words Buffalo and Bill in quick succession. <laughs> no, uh, Ted Levine is my kink. Oh, well. <laughs> if you could get hold of a copy of The Mangler. You should get hold of a copy of the Mangler because it's like his only lead role in this like terrible Toby Hooper directed straight to DVD fucking Stephen King adaptation of a really obscure short story that's also got Robert Englund in it hamming it fuck up. But he's really good in it because of course he is because he's fucking Ted Levine. But yeah, 
Go watch The Mangler if you can. But first, you saw a horror film. I did see a horror film. Nice, concise, spoiler-free thoughts on 2020-slash-2021's Candyman. The Halloween 2018-style sequel kind yes. of reboot to Candyman. The, the long-awaited spiritual sequel to uh, uh, directed by Nia DaCosta, co-written by Nia DaCosta, Jordan Peele, and someone else whose Some name I've forgotten. Some other person um, who wrote a thing. But yes, long-awaited, long long-delayed. It's finally here. Uh, it's fucking great. Hey. Uh, <laughs> it is... Um, well... It picks up with a... Uh, it's in Cabrini Green again, but in 2019. And uh, Anthony McCoy is a young up-and-coming artist. And as inspiration, he gets interested in the local legends of the Candyman. And it... Candyman Spieler. Can, 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 <laughs> so, so, to say his name in the mirror five times. Five so he times. comes out and gives them treats. <laughs> if you've never watched the Pete Holmes X-Men sketches, please watch them. They're very good. It's... Yeah, uh... you've been. It's kind of difficult to talk about the plot more than that without getting into spoilers. And you don't Fair want to go enough. into this movie. Like, yeah. the trailers have enough stuff in them where you're like... Yeah, I could have done without seeing that. But it's still really fucking good. It's like 90 minutes as well. It is oh, tight. tight. And and <laughs> a shit ton happens. And I came out of it being like, I could have I could have had more of that. I honestly could have had some more of that. Like, another, fu- another 15 minutes, half an hour. It's really, really good. Um, but Matt, the anti-SJW brigade on YouTube said that it was a terrible movie because it focused way too much on racial issues. Well, yeah, because that they shouldn't, important. And that they shouldn't ruin the legacy of what was just simply a really straightforward yeah. horror movie from 1992. Uh, Wynn Rosenfeld was the other writer on that, sorry. Thanks, Wynn. Who also... That's uh, a win-win. Yeah, worked on... He's done a producing partner and writing partner of Jordan Peele a long time. Um, that that is the most bizarre statement I've seen about it. I mean, I'm not I've not seen this. It is this a very remake, bizarre statement. Uh, this re- reboot, but like for people to be like, it's just a simple slasher movie. Why are you have to make it political? It's really not. Did any of them watch Candyman? No, have you watched Candyman? <laughs> I've watched it. We Fucking bor- hell! We borrowed it last watch year. Watch Candyman pre lockdown because we were going to watch it and then go and see the reboot. Fucking straight after. Watch it, bro. So yeah, watch we're gonna it. have to. It's fucking great. We're gonna have to do a proper like loop back on that one. I think. I will tell but, you uh, that it does have a great cast. Mm-hmm. Yaya Abdul Mateen the second leading it up as Anthony and just being fucking great, mm-hmm. just like has gets a lot to do and like gets to show off a lot of range and also just look stunning. Like that man is a living statue, <laughs> uh, which you'll know if you've uh, if you've seen him in yeah anything else. Because <laughs> um, if you spent more than two seconds looking at him, you'll yeah. be like, oh my god. Especially if, if you watched Watchmen. The Watchmen series. You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Tiana Paris. Oh, yes. The, the oh, once I. and future um, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Uh, here with her future The Marvels director, Nia DaCosta. Cause that's what of course, she's doing next. yeah. She's yeah. fucking great. She's fabulous in this. Um, Nathan Stewart Jarrett uh, plays, has a great sort of like, not like plucky comic relief, but like nicer role. Like he's it, it kind of it veers, it, it it threatens to veer into like camp gay, comic relief territory. Yeah. But the sort of honesty of his performance kind of stops it from going there. Good, um, good, good. Uh, Coleman Domingo mm-hmm. uh, is amazing. 
Uh, Vanessa Williams returning uh, from her role in the original. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, mm, and okay. just, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> now, again, no spoilers whatsoever. Yeah. Tony Todd is in this, isn't he? Is it? I mean, yeah. He's cre- credited as being in it. Is it? Yeah. I don't think he is. What? I don't think he's credited as being in it. Oh, they've done a woman in black kind of thing. I don't then. think he's credited as or being in it. Or he's not credited, but he's clearly in it somewhere. I will, I will also say that it's a stunning looking movie. Mm. Nia DaCosta's got a real oh, the eye. Establishing for... shots are just like the high rises yep. and that in the trailers alone. I was like, that yep. looks gorgeous. Lots of like wide cityscapes and slow zooms in and out on details. Stuff happening in the back, in like the corner of frame. And um, mm. playing with mirrors and reflections or lack thereof. Or, okay. And and such. And uh, yeah, the shadow puppetry stuff that you see in the trailer, there's a lot of that in the film. And it's all practical and it's all gorgeous. Okay. It's it's a wonderful movie. Good way to kickstart the month of October for anyone looking for Halloween movies to watch. Yeah. I hope Halloween Kills is half as good as this is. Damn. It's going to be in for a good time. Because this is great. Do you know what you just did? What? Delivered a really concise review of Candyman. (laughs) We did it! Put me on Radio 5. Um... Don't work for Five Live. They make you go in at stupid o'clock in the morning and they don't pay very well. Who said that? Uh, so, um, the BBC must pay well in some other departments because uh, rusty, actual shocking news. Like, this, yeah. Entertainment news that has actually shocked me. Because nothing shocks me anymore. I'm jaded and cynical and in my 30s. But this was a fucking surprise, son. Two, uh, not two weeks after we'd begun... To her, hear her heard stories of uh, BBC, possibly after the centenary in 2022, wind up on Doctor Who a little bit. Maybe head toward a rest period. Because the centenary BBC special of Doctor Who to celebrate the BBC centenary doesn't necessarily suggest they're going to do a 60th anniversary in 2023. And that this might be the jumping off point for now. And that's why it's being kept extra under wraps. We know it's nearly finished. As of this recording, it is in its final days of shooting on location. Yeah. And we know that John Bishop has wrapped. He is done. He's not recording anything else. What has he wrapped in? Uh, <laughs> NDAs apparently. He's dead, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but Bishop out Hicks. of the blue, uh, yeah, because because in, in Chibnall and Jody's statements from about a month back that they would be leaving after the centenary special, so we're getting an ep- six episode series down from the eight we were told at the end of this year. Uh, some calculating that it's going to land. Uh, around Halloween weekend and run till Christmas because mm. there's not much room left in the year to fit it now. No, um, no, so there really isn't. There is that, uh, but and then next year two specials and a final feature length special toward the end of the year, which would be Jodie's last and Chris Chimmel's last as showrunner. Um, there was no sign in the statements about Chimmel of a new showrunner having been selected or even being in talks. Mm. So either those talks were super secret. Or happened real quickly. Because hmm. this week the news broke that Russell T. Davies, former Doctor Who, Doctor Who showrunner 2005 to 2009, is returning to showrun Doctor Who for the 60th anniversary special 
and, quote, series beyond, unquote. Interesting. So that suggests that he's back for that and then at least one season? Yeah. But considering his statements earlier this year and, and a few that we had a chat about before our Broom Cupboard episode recorded, when I was interviewing him out of the Broom Cupboard, go give it a look-see, I interviewed Russell about Kids TV, it's not a Doctor Who podcast, sorry everybody, but... Sorry! We do bring up Doctor Who because we talk about Sarah Jane Adventures and, and, and working Kids TV and stuff, but um, we chatted off, off stream, but we were talking uh, off recording a little bit about, you know, what the, I think what happened that day is some news had come out about Doctor Who and we were having a little chinwag about it before we started, because he went, oh, have you seen this? And I was like, oh yeah, and we're sharing thoughts, but he talked about how... Um, you know, like a Doctor Who kind of is in a world now where there is a lot of franchise stuff that expands and crosses over and tells yeah. different stories. You've got Marvel Cinematic Universe obviously being the most successful version of that going on at the moment. Yeah. And I said like, well, you know, you, you, you and, and the team at Beauty Wells were doing that with Doctor Who for a time. And he was like, yeah, that's true. We touched on that briefly in the podcast. Then earlier this year... He made a point in an interview of saying that like Doctor Who could be in a Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of deal. Yes. Uh, and the journalist sort of jokingly said like so things like the Nissa Adventures, and he said like, "Well, you joke, but like there is potential <laughs> to do things like that. Why not? Yeah. Like this character has met hundreds of and different people. As much as we mock them for it, Big Finish have been doing it for years. Yeah. It's it's, it's like there is untapped potential, and and he proved it with Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures during his time. So the I, would, I would the, argue some of that potential that Vigley yeah. and Torchwood still remains untapped, <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> but that's but that's what's interesting about this because 2060th anniversary of Doctor Who and series beyond suggests that it may not necessarily be like running Doctor Who. It may be setting up what Doctor Who does next is and Rusty, putting the building blocks in place for the franchise. And is Rusty going to be the ups. Kevin Feige of Doctor Who? I wouldn't hate that because here's the other thing: he doesn't need to do this. No. He doesn't need to no. come back to do Doctor Who. The Russell that they, that did Doctor Who then went away, shepherded an American co-production of Torchwood for a season. For better or worse, uh, show ran um, a you know Sarah Jane Adventures, mm. co-created and dipped a pen in to Wizards vs Aliens for three seasons for, kid, mm-hmm. for kids TV. Uh, worked on a CBB show called Old Jack's Boat, which he wrote stuff for, which starring... Um, it's just a funny sta- title. Isaac, <laughs> but starring, starring Bernard Cribbins, oh. and Freem Radjaman played a role in several episodes as well. And it was like, so there's clearly that kind of... All of the people who worked on Who in that period were like, let's make a kids thing, why not? And A bit like um, Sylvan Sof going on to do Melvin and Maureen's musicograms. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I have fond memories of. Although we didn't get to see uh, any random post-their-era uh, spitting image puppets of Bernard Cribbins well. and Rusty Davis showed up on any magazine covers. Give it time. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that I got brought recently on, online. Sophie Aldridge, someone was asking her about, like, did you ever see these spitting image puppets? And you find it a little bit insulting. She went, are you kidding me? If you're going to be turned into a spitting image puppet, you want it to look weird. Yeah. You want it to look that's like kind a, of the a point. fucked up version of you. Like, why not? That's kind of why the new one's not, like... <laughs> It's not. It's not cutting enough. And also, uh, why, why? Why is there a new one? Yeah. Politics is ridiculous enough. Um, but yeah. So, and then obviously, the dramas. He's gone on to work on a bunch of stuff, but most notably over the last eleven years, um, a very English scandal with uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, years and years, which is to my money still the best piece of TV from the last ten years. It, it's oh. If you're having a really great day, 
and you're like, I need to stop having a great day. Yeah, okay. Binge it. Like it's it's cool. it's phenomenal acting, brilliant writing, and and scary foresight. Some of the things that he talked about in that in this 2018 drama have now kind of started to show up. Yeah. In terms of technological and social developments. Yeah. It's scary. Um, it's kind of why I've not finished Black Mirror for yeah. some reasons. <laughs> uh, Cucumber and and uh, show running its its spin off Banana, mm-hmm. uh, which is a brilliant Channel Four event series. Uh, and then most recently, uh, it's a sin, which has been storming the awards ceremonies and, and categories recently, nominations and wins for for performers and for writing everything. Uh, dealing with a very like scary and, and still very familiar topic to a lot of people especially people who grew up in the 80s as part you know around the AIDS epidemic and mm. everything like powerful stuff so he is still at that point now where he could go to a channel commissioner and say i'd like to do a drama about this they would go yes we're doing it we'll give you the money let's yeah. get filming it next year and we'll do it. and he he doesn't need to do this which makes me think that either a gap in his schedule came up and he went do you know what Go on. Why not? Or he's got ideas. He's got ideas well, Russell T. Davis. to bring he's to it. He's always got ideas. But the, like... Russell, but the Russell that's written It's a Sin and Years and Years. Yeah, yeah. Who has probably had these ideas for Doctor Who stuff he never did in the back of his head for yeah. 10 years. Who now writes like this with like proper left-leaning, fiery angry passion i love it i love it because people are going they're not my doctor people are going rusty's coming back way i'm yeah. like oh you gotta oh. you guys are about to he's gonna blow you a new asshole oh my god just you watch you... turn left like turn yeah. left is very accurately titled it's like oh yeah politics turn left um just you fucking wait Fuck but that's gonna be exciting because he also was brilliantly in his doctor who and his other work as skirted that line where when it comes to family entertainment he doesn't write he doesn't write assuming kids are stupid no he doesn't write family entertainment like doctor who assuming that like it should just be for kids or should just be for adults yeah he walks that line perfectly he's very good at and that is something that has been missing for my money since um mid smith era well i think also that's kind of what made him successful as a writer is the fact that he started working Mm. Doing kids TV, yeah. but when he was writing kids TV, he wasn't writing down yeah. to children. He was writing for made... the audience who watched it. It just happened to be kids, which is what allowed him to then go on and do stuff like Queer as Folk, which is yeah. still very, very, an imp- a very important piece of work. I think so. Now we've got the opportunity for him to 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 you know make these important statements, tell these important stories in a flagship show, which he you know brought back to television in the mid two thousands. But not only that. The two other people responsible for bringing it back at the time, Julie Gardner, his co-producer on the show, yeah. and Jane Tranter, who commissioned it. Excellent. Who run now Bad Wolf TV. Oh, isn't this wonderfully cyclical? They are now the new production company who will be making Doctor Who. Yes, it's a cr- with the BBC beginning of, Bad Wolf of 2023. BBC Bad Wolf, BBC Studios, and BBC Wales will no longer be the sole um, companies behind Doctor Who. It's not unlikely they won't collaborate with bbc wales i can't imagine they will pull everything away from cardiff and that bbc wales work with especially when you have crews and teams who can work on that show to a great level who are right now like making a brilliant looking show efficiently as best they can like you can't deny that they would be a great asset but bad wolf does film broad a lot they film in manchester a lot yeah like they move around so 
it's going to feel different visually on Which screen. Which is fine because like it, it should. It yeah. needs to, it, like it does change over time. Like I'm even going back to the classic series. I'm working my way through the classic series. I'm on. I've just started past last season. Hey, and the the difference in those what six years from the start of the show to Pat's last season is in the way the show's produced in the, mm. the locations and kind of sets it uses is really really incredible I mean, so, just down to things like exterior filming external yeah. shooting is like it's very sparse in the Hartnell era when it is it's usually London streets but so even, even can, then like look at the way that yeah. they shoot London in the war machines and look at the way they shoot London in the invasion oh yeah oh yeah it's night and day it's sexed up yeah they've sexed so, it right up um, yeah. And they're clearly not just filming it in, a, in an alleyway behind the studio yeah. block as well. Like, change is a fundamental <laughs> part of the show in many, many ways. So, of course, of course, it's gonna, it should look different. And it'll be... Because I think it's kind of unprecedented, isn't it? The way that in TV generally, like, a showrunner coming back to a show after such a long gap. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe to guest write a script or yeah. something like that, but... But to to be like, yeah, I'm going to assume that mantle one more time. Certainly not for a, a series that's... Like, you've had it where, like, David Lynch revives Twin Peaks for mm-hmm. a third season after not really being involved for a lot of season two. Um, uh, what, what other things can I... But again, with that, of? it was the whole show came back. Yeah. So it's not... It's not, It doesn't feel like... It's not an ongoing machine where suddenly someone's just come back into it to... Oh, I'd like to do this with it. Now, I can't think of anything similar, really. Oh, uh, Chris Carter. No. Because he... <laughs> Because he was always involved with it. He brought back the X-Files, but he hadn't left it when it first finished. So, yeah. No, I can't think of anything first, like this. First thing that came to me, and it's not even the same scale, is just writers like Robert Holmes like dipping in and out yeah. of different eras of Who. But even then, that's just stories. And if you like that guy's script, you're like, oh, he's written this upcoming one. Oh, that'll be cool. But they are, of course, flavoured by the showrunner at the time. Mm, be yeah. it Hinchcliffe, be it JNT. Like, you could put a Robert Holmes... A Pertwee story and a Robert Holmes Baker story mm. next to each other and while they're still undeniably Robert Holmes scripts the rest of the show is so inherently flavoured by the production yes. team that yeah. it doesn't you can, you can give different. two, you can give two different. chefs the exact same cookbook your meals won't taste the same yeah and if you give um, Pippin J Baker a, a cookbook you might not even get something edible <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Jesus Christ um, but they kept doing it. It's true. It's very true. Now we can just came in <laughs> under budget and ahead of schedule. Hey, that's all you need. We can um, only speculate what he would do with it. Uh, and if you want to hear, yeah, a, we a can bu- only speculate. If you want to hear a bunch of idiots who, who spend way too much time talking about it, who talk about it. Five Who fans put out a new podcast. This week. Fans. Go listen to it. It's it's got no sir all eleven. Um, and it's, it's, it's worth a listen um, um, we speculate a lot about X, Y and Z but what I really wanted to highlight here and, and I wonder if you spotted this mm. Russell's statement mm. uh, in the article the, the, the accompanying BBC TV's Doctor Who's TV's Doctor Who article yes. was along the lines of uh, I really can't wait to return it's going to be a lot of fun but for now, we're too far in the future. For now, I'm still a fan. Yeah, can't wait to see what's going to happen in Jodie's upcoming series and specials, and I can't wait to see what my hero Chris Chibnall is yeah. going to do with the show. Let's 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 you know, like we've got so much cool stuff it's, to see. Yeah, it's a very it's a very positive statement. He yeah. spends so much of his column inches saying it's cool in it, but guys, you've got nine whole yeah. episodes still to come of this series. 
Let's enjoy it. It's going to be amazing. And Chris Jim will release a statement that's basically just like, yeah, this is really cool. I can't think of a, an even more... I can't think of a more exciting person to helmet next than the guy who brought it back. Like, yeah. this is really cool. It's, it is, yeah, it's very exciting. And it's a very lovely statement. And what I, But I love the fact that he gave his time... Like, his entire statement is 90% watch Chibnall and Jody's final stretch, guys. It's yep. going to be amazing. Aren't we all excited? Yep. Which is also him doing what he does best as a showrunner promoting the show he's very good at that so well like it's not only polite and a gracious way to go yeah this is cool but it's not important right now everyone i'll, I'll see you in 2023 yeah. but also um you know he's, he's making this go like oh yeah oh god yeah we've got a series coming up all right let's give it a go what's the thing you are most excited about for him taking taking on the the role again i think it's kind of like going back to what you said about him being a good promoter for the show is mm. that with Moffat and Chibnall, while the, Chibnall particularly, they're not as enthusiastically or vocally enthusiastic about the show. Hmm. Whereas Russell T. Davis is uh, he's a showman. Is 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 a man with a ton of charisma yeah. and enthusiasm and force of personality. Not that not that particularly Stephen Moffat doesn't have a strong personality for better or worse. But um, okay, and I can say firsthand, Chibnall's a really lovely, amicable, yeah, I, very I, friendly I, guy to have a chat with. Absolutely believe you. Uh, but there is something about the way that Rusty talked about Doctor Who when he was running it, mm. and talks about Doctor Who when it comes up. I mean, confidential. Yeah. During that entire stretch, you finish an episode, you could flick over to another channel yeah. and watch a, you know, admittedly kind of by the numbers sort of cutesy, here's a behind the scenes look at it. But with loads of talking head stuff from people, yeah. including Russell, clearly loving the job they're doing. Yeah. He's, he, he's, Which he's... just makes you more enthusiastic for the programme. Well, it seems like as he's become more successful, he's become a writer who doesn't, ha and producer, who doesn't have to do things he's not enthusiastic about. Mm. Which means that everything he does, he is enthusiastic about. And it shows not only in the end product, but in the way that he promotes it. And I think that is kind of what the show... The show's been missing a cheerleader mm. like Russell T. Davis. Rusty D. Good old Rusty. Give me an R. Since he left. Give like, me a T. And it's just been... Yeah. Like, Stephen Moffat kind of started out with being that. Uh, and but, a, lot of, a lot of it may have been felt across the pond, maybe. Yeah, Joke, I think so. Pun intended, because, like, they, they went to the States a lot to promote it during that era. But it was very much kind of, like, press tour kind yeah. of vibes. Whereas Russell would be on, you know, every possible show going, banging yeah. the drum for it, and... Things like like Confid uh, Doctor Who Confidential, like teeing it right up, and he'd show, he'd show up on kid, he'd show up on kids TV and yeah. do interviews and and really yeah. psych everyone up for it. I yeah. think Stephen Moffat was a bit more detached from it, and again, whether this is reflecting or not, just came across as a bit more arrogant and sort of. And again, a lot of that, a, a lot of that is thing. is us projecting what we think the showrunner should be like because of how Russell did it. Yeah, like it's I think not so. it's not Moffat and Chibnall's job necessarily to be Russell publicly, but it does give. But it, there was a sense yeah. of vavavoom to everything yeah. when he was doing it that, that um, was sort of missed. Some of the some of the could be done a different way in their areas. Maybe get the doctors out there a bit more, doing yeah. some more publicity and press. And it's not like they, it's not like they haven't. It just hasn't had that punch it hasn't had that regularity but I think there was such that, a, that it did there was such Russell's a noticeable run. loss of momentum mm. through Moffat's first like couple of years where it's like it just feels like the whole thing slows down as Matt Smith leaves and then you go into the 50th and well for the 50th and Matt the 50th kind of feels like where it's 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 momentum started to give out 
and it's yeah, slowly that, that year sort was of, like a big explosion, and then it just kind of went. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah and now. it's just sort of been. And I think I do, I honestly think Chibnall did give it a kick, but there's been so much pushback to the way he's approached it, and and sort of the ongoing secrecy and, and tight lippedness yeah. between releases is and just, just sort yeah, of, just yeah. The, the lack of regularity. Like it's been so, there's been no good schedule for so long that. Even, I just even cool marketing stuff back. just doesn't. Yeah, quite, you've heard. Have you heard about the resolution to the find find the doctor uh, mystery that was going on? No, well, I didn't know about the find the doctor mystery until you told me about it last week. Yeah, uh, but even then, like that's the, the way that was done was sort of meant to be something you sort of stumbled into and was like, "What is this?" And you kind of start <laughs> to investigate. So that was so that was kind of it was sort of like a fun activity for people to follow. But now that it's finished, yeah, it's sort of a voice message from um, Dan Yaz and the Doctor that essentially is like super vague, kind of see you soon. Cool. Like a little statement each. It was something, something like, follow the clues, follow the clues, follow the clues, we'll see you soon. And it, to be fair, it was backwards in an audio file that you got at the end of it, so people had to find that secret message by messing around with the audio file. But also it came with a publicity shot of the Doctor from a photo shoot that like hadn't been seen before. Cool shot, but just like, yeah, we get those when the series comes out. And yeah. a super close-up of an eye and mouth of an upcoming monster that looks like it could possibly be the Sontaran redesign, maybe? Because it's a bit of a sunken socket with darker skin around the eye uh, and a and, and little, okay. little shriveled mouth, but with razor-sharp teeth. And it's like, all right, all right, okay, is that it? Is that, is that all it turned out to be? Yeah. You've got these really cool things, like a, a gallery in Sheffield's got the Sonic on display as, as a piece of steel work, as oh, though yeah, it's a found yeah, item. And yeah. there's a gallery in Liverpool with this painting that had been recently acquired, and it's played completely straight. And in it, there is clearly the TARDIS along the river and something else anachronistic in there. And it's like, that's cool. So people around the country going, have you seen this? And then everyone's examining it and going, oh my God, look at that picture. The let- That has a capital letter in that caption that shouldn't be there. That's got to be one of the letters for the puzzle. And, you know, it's like, that stuff's cool. But then it just ended up being some publicity photos. And you're like, all right, okay. That's... Look, Susan. The TARDIS. Me. Yeah, it's just it, it's like, like too obscure for too little reward. You know what I mean? Like mm. if it had been a full trailer or something. Yeah. But... Speaking of full trailer... The segue doesn't work. Uh, this is the last we're going to chat about Marvel's What If for a few weeks. Partially because we're pre-recording and partially because I think now it's entering, as of this recording, the last two episodes. I'd rather just discuss it after Oh yeah, the fact. we'll finish it and then discuss um, it, definitely. So, eh, it's basically watch it before next Friday night. <laughs> yeah, alright. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about this one. If, you, if you're a regular... Yeah, because one comes out as of this recording, one comes out tomorrow. And oh, comes yeah. Out next sure, 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 so we'll sure. talk about the two in one sure. block. Sure. But that'll be in the episode that goes out mm, two after this one. Yeah. So sure. patience, Iago. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, if you want to get involved in that discussion, send emails in bigdamncontact at gmail.com about what you thought of the finale of What If, which looks like it's going to be kind of a two-parter from where we're standing here on yes. Tuesday, the twenty eighth of September, yeah. before yeah. the eighth and ninth uh, have gone out. But uh, we we haven't been um, uh, shy about the fact we've not really enjoyed the last couple of episodes very much because we feel like it's just a bit shit, really. In that places. being said, I think this was one of the better ones. I freaking loved this one. So this is what if Thor had been an only child. Yeah. Which makes you think, and? What's that got to... Yeah, it turns out it basically meant what if Thor was a bit more of a spoiled brat. Yeah. Because he didn't have this sort of... Because we know Odin's not a great dad. Odin, yeah. like, just leaves him to do his thing. And, <laughs> and then, and, and then yeah. nothing got him for it. Yeah. So, like, 
him being with Loki and having that kind of counterbalance and them sort of one-upmanshipping each other and monitoring it as they go led to him sort of becoming, yeah, brash and arrogant when we first meet him in Thor 2011, but a little a little bit more a moral compass, uh, a little bit of nobility built in. Like yeah. it, it needed that push, which was the events of Thor 2011, to sort of make him go, yeah, I've got to step up. But he'd been tempered. Yeah. And and to that. the notion here is the, the the deviation of what if spoiler alert for what if episode seven is that uh, Odin found the child uh, during the war with the frost giants of of uh, Jotunheim. Yes. And instead of taking the child, uh, rescuing slash keeping it as like a mark of a victory, hostage, yeah. yeah. Um, he took the child back to Laufey, and. A truce was born out of that act of basically kindness. The frost giants went like, "Do you know what? Okay, we need to talk this through," because they they saw that as Odin sort of being like, "You know, I'm a good dude," and not Honest. let's keep fighting. Yeah, yeah. And, and that led to a truce with the frost giants, which led to everything going that way, and Thor becoming a bit of a little egotistical, selfish, untempered brat. Yeah. Enter the events of the episode where, like the beginning of Thor, Darcy and Jane are monitoring these weird um, patterns based off of this thing that happened out in space. Like the, the similar sort of patterns are showing up on the readings on, on Earth in uh, Utah, and it's, it's that whole setting. Um, yes. It goes a bit further to Nevada, you end up in Las Vegas, and uh, Thor arrives, but it ain't Thor banished by Odin. <laughs> for it being an arrogant little prick. Nope. And, and kicking off a, a war with the Frost Giants again. It's Odin sleep time and Thor has brought a party to Midgard. Yep. Um, <laughs> The biggest party. Because his mum... Because uh, it's Freya, isn't it? I keep saying Frigga, but I it's can't Frigga. remember. It's Frigga. It's Frigga, yeah. But also Freya. Yeah. Uh, it depends. Not Rene Russo, uh, but a brilliant voice performance that made you go, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, Jusette Eels. Thanks, Jusette Eels. Jusette Eels. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh, why is that name ring a bell? I'm trying to find other stuff Ooh. that she's been uh, But yeah, uh, uh, she goes off on basically a, a, vaca- a girl's night out vacation that she only ever gets once every thousand years when Odin goes into the Odin sleep. Yeah, the solstice. The solstice. So, uh, a and, solstice. And I, lo- I love the fact that basically she goes away for like a couple hundred years or whatever and just dicks about like with the girls catching up. It's like, do you know what? Yeah. Fair. Absolutely fair. Dicks Why not? About, eh? Um And uh, Thor goes to Earth. One of many successive parties he's apparently been having around the galaxy. Yes. Um, one which resulted seemingly in the destruction of this this planetoid, mm-hmm. which Jane wants to basically ask him about. Once they get there, she's like, this might be first alien contact. And also, um, was that you? I've got to know if that was you. And as the story goes on, we find out that she's like, okay, moral implication. You had a party there. Did people die? So that was kind of neat. Yeah. Like, she's sort of like, she's, take, she's taken him by this whole overwhelming experience they still kind of fall in love. Yeah. But it's more out of the fact that it's like, he's the, the dynamic this time is less, you know, Tarzan Jane kind of thing of the movie and more, he's the hunky, like college jock that everybody loves. She's the science nerd, but he's looked at her and been like, Oh my God, you're incredible. Mm. And he's like, so really poetic. And you don't get the sense from the way he's flirting with it. He's just like, I'm going to fuck an earth girl. You get the sense that he's like, 
mindfuck. She seems pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, it, it's never played on his part as being completely well, sort of like... you don't really see him womanising. Like, that's that, the thing, like, yeah. Flirt, not... Flirting, charming, but he's never he's never treating her like an object. It doesn't feel like he's working his way through a, a, like a, a score of women. It, 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 it's, it's Danny and Grace. They're going to have a fling while he's here on Earth. They're going to have a fling. It's going to be sweet. They're both going to enjoy it. And then he's going to fuck off back to Asgard. And she's going to be like, oh my God, one time I slept with a god and he was lovely. We had a great time. Um, And I think Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman, both surprising their roles, play it really well. Yeah, I was surprised Natalie Portman came back for this, but I guess she's back in the Marvel fold She's back, Mother Truckers. Because she's in, I think she's uncredited in the, she's credited with all the ensemble people in the credits montage. Yeah. But I think she's uncredited in the credits credits of... Uh, Endgame. Yeah. Even though she did contribute like two voice lines. Yeah. So, but by that point, we know now the negotiation had begun for Love and Thunder. So yes. I'm sure she was like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not? Like, I'll, I'll give you, I'll record a couple of voice lines in this cupboard. Yep, there it is. Good. I'm gonna go over here now and record some voice lines for an animated thing. You want me to do? Love and Thunder, Thunder, Thunder. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I they did a they did a lovely job, and I love that she calls him out later and is like, "Hang on, did people die?" because of you and he's like oh god no that planet was already going to thing you that's why we went there We part- it's Rick and Morty yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's Rick and Summer like they've gone down they parted with everybody they got everyone out of the way and then they fucked off and well, the destruction of the place happened unlike the, what Rick and Summer did where they just <laughs> yeah. let everyone down yeah but. Um, but but yeah so it's it's uh, that was kind of fun because when I heard the premise of this like we knew there was an episode about quote unquote party thought. It doesn't exactly it doesn't exactly leap off the fucking page, does it? No. So when it started, I was like, "Is this just going to be really throwaway?" And I here's think the it thing: the lightest it, on plot it of any was of them. throwaway, yeah. And it knew it was, yeah. So it had fun with it because the, the the for those who haven't watched it and are not fussed about spoilers, the basic plot is Thor arrives on Earth with a party with a lot of aliens. Shield get a bit worried it might be a threat. Summon Captain Marvel, yeah, and then Captain Marvel and Thor fight until eventually Captain Marvel tells on Thor. Uh, Jane Foster tells on Thor to his mum, yeah. and crashes the party. Basically. That's the plot. That's that's it. Um, so it actually fits in the time that they've given it. <laughs> it's really Fucking really fun. Like, it, it is really fun. It did the job. And it's it got did lots it well. of like nice, neat little sight gags, lots of neat little cameos. Yeah, yeah, like one-liners, like uh, what's her name? Uh, Rachel Dingy plays. Um, Oh my god! I've totally forgotten her name, and I feel really bad about it. Uh, she's Moana's grandma. She's she's uh, she's fucking great. Oh uh, yes, she's. He's pulling up the cast list with the dreams. She she's uh yeah because the the grandmaster's there. Topaz is the Topaz. Topaz. Oh, he's looking at the thing. Looking at the thing. I'm gonna find. Topaz and the grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. They show up basically for like one line uh, each Rachel House Rachel House that's it Rachel House and Jeff, Jeff Goldblum as Topaz and the Grandmaster they show up for like one line each yep. uh, we get to sort of see what a Grandmaster fireworks party actually looks like uh, without being sat on any seats that you should probably not touch um, uh, we we we, scoot, scoot. <laughs> oh, we get um, we get uh, Nebula Nebula who apparently between conquests of, of species defined infinity stones for a terrifying father goes and gambles and parties. Oh, why wouldn't you? Mama wants a new eye. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. Which I thought was fun. I was like, I like the fact that she has vi- she has vices and still gets to do some light-hearted stuff yeah. on her own time between having to be a missile sent to people by her dad to kill everybody. Indeed. Um, uh, Korg shows up briefly. Taika Waititi like, lends a line. Yeah, there's uh, a lot me- of like, Meeks in the crowd. You see him yeah. in his little mech suit. Um, people showing up for a line here and there with this stuff. 
Because again, this is like in, in this timeline, none of that shit that we've seen later has happened. So Thor presumably has gone to that planet to Sakaar at some point and been like, hey, you guys want to party? Do you want to come to the next party? Great, I'll invite you over. Uh, you've got like the golden aliens from Guardians, Yondu's hanging out there, yep. saw Kraglin a few times. Drax. Uh, Drax was there. Uh, Rocket was in the crowd at one point, if yeah. I remember correctly. I think, I think the line where uh, Thor talks about there being a rabbit in the sink, I, yes. think, that, I think that's supposed to be Rocket. <laughs> uh, Fandral gets one line. It wasn't Zachary Levi. Sounded like him. No. Pretty great. Um, cause we got Hogan, Fandral, uh, Volstag, Volstag, Lady Sif's knocking around. That was Jamie Alexander. That was Jamie Alexander. Uh, Nick Fury shows up to Bollockham <laughs> and gets twatted <laughs> by accident by an excited Korg. Uh, the, the sort of the antagonist of the episode, if there was one, was uh, Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill. Yeah. Because uh, we have Maria Hill on the uh, helicarrier with Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg, and Brock Rumlow, Frank Grillo. Mm. Um, who clearly has fun and they clearly like working with him because he keeps coming back to do little bits and pieces. Yeah. Even after being blown up in a 2016 movie, they keep finding excuses yeah, to bring him back. Yeah, why not? Like, Endgame, quick, do the elevator thing, kind of. Like, come back in. Um, so, you know, you've got that and essentially she'll like, this is, it's it's murder. Everyone's going to die. These aliens are putting us under threat. And blah, 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 blah. Fury always said to use this in case of intergalactic emergency. The page is brought in and shows up Captain Marvel. Not voiced by Brie Larson, but whoever did it did a great job. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, really good name. job. I do have a name. It was... <laughs> it, it was, was our old pal. Alexandra Daniels. Alexandra Daniels did a fantastic job as Captain Marvel. Uh, and sort of, the whole her whole role in it was kind of a bit of a piss take of the internet's perception of Brie Larson as a bit of a like mood killer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The whole thing was sort of a Brie Larson. Brie Larson's a, but she's just a bit of a, a bit awkward. And a bit oh god, she gets on everyone's tip. So they made Captain Marvel in this the party poop. She is the party pooper. <laughs> Obviously, she's not like coming up just to do that. She's like, someone told me there was a, a threat to Earth. I've been summoned, so I'm going to fight them off. And then realizes she's basically dealing with a bunch of fucking children. Yeah, like basically. <laughs> and she's the one police officer who's been sent to deal with a house party that's oh, like got great. too noisy. Um. Uh, which results in, I think, my favourite fight sequence in this series so far. Oh, yeah, that is great. Like, the loop around the world punch-up yeah. between her and drunk Thor. Well, it's, it, it's something that we've <laughs> kind of not seen in the films, but it's just, just them both cutting loose. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we've seen them both cut loose, but not against someone who can stand up to it. Yeah, like, Yon rog was not going to fight back after no. being blasted into that rock. Fuck no. And, uh, you know, Thor, we've only ever really seen him do that, I guess, to, like, Thanos or or a, or a rock monster at some point and yeah this was this was fun um I dug it it was really really dumb and really stupid and it sort of rested on Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman to sell it and they sold it yeah Hemsworth having a lot of fun here just yeah Thor T R H there's no in there somewhere <laughs> not in that order not in that order party pooper <laughs> it's like Give her a timeout, Captain Marvel. I just rested Mjolnir on her for a second. <laughs> Such a great like use of their power set. It's like really good. inventive, really fun. Um, uh, oh god, what else? Like, and and so the the two standout moments for me being uh, Cat Dennings as Darcy is always Darcy's really fun. Fabulous. But this it? is Thor one Darcy, so she's like total just hyperactive little kid who's on a field trip essentially and is super she's still intern darcy and she's like yeah, over the moon it's very good and and getting married to howard the duck <laughs> in the chaos of the of the night out in vegas getting elvis married to howard the duck I played love, by seth green i love that they keep bringing back howard like 
It's because they know in this context everyone's like, hey! It's like, yay! Let's get fucking weird! <laughs> like, that's really fun. Um, Thor sliding down the Sydney Opera House, or about to. Uh, <laughs> watch me slide down that pointy thing! Um, that was really fun. The, the proper sitcom ending of, like, everything's been tidied up and they're all sat in yeah, front of the chalkboards while he's teaching them a lesson on cultural exchange with Midgard. Yeah, it's very like, good. That's freaking hilarious. It's very good. But my favourite touch... My favourite touch was... In another life, Thor and Loki are super tight. Super tight, bro. Frost giant Loki, who has like <laughs> grown up completely among the frost giants yeah. and hasn't started to sort of become as guardian in his in his no. appearance and everything. You know, twelve foot tall, ice crown Loki. And super chill party dude. It's super chill party dude. The Frost Giants are still Asgard's best mates. I'm so glad they didn't go that. I thought it was going to be like at the end, the Frost Giants take offense or something. And... Yeah. But no, no, not at all. He's just like, I'm cool, bro. We're going to go. And it's yeah, like, let's, let's go. And, and just like their relationship is really fun. It's like, it makes you, it makes you really appreciate the moments where they do read from the same page in the films yeah. because it's like, they are great for each other. It's just, <laughs> they're always going to end up being mortal enemies in one context or another and it's all makes they you feel great for each other it's just that neither of them are that great <laughs> it makes you feel sad for, for Infinity War being the yeah. end of their actual kind of reconciliation yeah but that's them using what we already know from the films to you know make us feel extra exactly. am- amused by this situation exactly and I was just having Tom Hiddleston in his like Queen's English RP voice say things like not cool he's <laughs> like, just really trying to not be cool, cool dude isn't he? he's really trying to be cool no but here it was funny <laughs> yeah that's true and he wasn't trying to sell us like indigestion tablet no um, <laughs> he just got in from work at six in the morning you know he's going back to work for three weeks <laughs> sound chin um so <laughs> But the most notable thing about this, which I, I watched a couple, there's a couple of YouTube channels I watch where they do like a little roundup of it afterwards and they go like, oh, here's what I thought of it. Yeah. yeah just because after you watch it, you sort of, oh, I wonder what the opinions are, people are enjoying it. And a couple of them just didn't get the ending and seemed to interpret the very ending of it as, oh, there has to be a dark twist, so I guess this happens at the end. No. But the ending is clearly a setup. And it's also a for surprise the to the episodes. watcher. Yeah. That's the that's the signifier in the episode yeah. that this shouldn't happen. It's not a well. Every episode so far has ended with either a twist or a oh, but this is on the way, be yeah, it good yeah. or bad. That wasn't this wasn't that. This is an episode that I honestly thought was going to end with yeah. all's well that ends well. Yeah, that's kind of nice, and it was. But something's obviously going on elsewhere. Elsewhere that is beginning to encroach on other realities. Yeah. Because the Watcher's giving his wrap-up narration, even basically saying, like, well... Yeah. Isn't that lovely? They're only three days away from retirement, and then a portal opens, a freaking sorcerer-style portal opens. The Watcher goes, wait, what? (laughs) Like, even he's like, hang on, the fuck is this? Jeffrey Wright, taken by surprise. An army of Ultron drones, and presumably an Ultron that won... Because uh, it's in the vision body and an Ultron armor and has 
the fucking Infinity Stones. Having seen that design on a character poster for next week's episode, I'm not keen on it. But we'll see what they do with it. It reminds me a bit of Marvel v Capcom Infinite's Ultron Sigma. Because it was kind of a similar look. Mm. Uh, I don't love it. I don't love it, but I'm intrigued to see about it. Because, you know, like... Oh, so this is what would have happened. Or this is what could have happened. I'm assuming then... And again, we're recording this on Tuesday the 28th of September. I'm assuming the finale is across the next two stories and is about... I would have thought so. ...this reality, like, where... Because another character we've not seen yet but we know exists because of Lego and posters and everything is Gamora, daughter of Thanos. Yeah. Gamora in a Thanos-style armour with his big old blade. Are we to assume she's introduced in the episode where someone else has got hold of the Infinity Stones first? It makes sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. So... I guess this is what we're looking forward to. This is this is where the crossover element of it all is going to happen. And I appreciate that even though they've done this, me personally as someone who enjoys the anthology aspect of the show and the fact that it doesn't go anywhere, and I like the fact they've gone, do you know what? In the last two weeks, it's going to go somewhere. It's going to pay off in a way that lets you have your anthology cake and eat mm. it. And now for people who prefer like an anthology, I don't know, crepe, like here's the <laughs> anthology here's the anthology crepe at the end instead and it's like all right okay i'm intrigued uh what do you think of this one because you, you've been you've been lukewarm overall on the series i i actually quite enjoyed this be- i think because it was so um simpsons treehouse of horror yeah it was, it was it, completely it, it, it separate was, it was quite throwaway it was quite and it was it was entertaining in a way that some of these haven't been yeah like some of them have been trying to be funny like particularly like the, the the comic relief stuff in the zombies episode mm. and falling really flat, but this was actually quite cute. And it was a comedy episode. Yeah, like it, it was unashamedly a comedy episode throughout. So I guess you know, have fun with it. And we still got some kick-ass action too. Yes, which was really really tight. Tight. Um. Tight. 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 <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Didn't quite. Tight. 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 Ah, lovely. Thank you very much. A tight. Filth. Charles is filthy. Emails. Emails. Yes. Nothing but emails. Dirty old emails sent by a pleb. Well, this first one comes in from Ian. Oh, Ian's not a pleb. Okay, and Ian, go and on, Ian go says, on, go on. Uh, the title being Kel Damage Davros. <laughs> Kel Damage Davros. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a little confused by the title of last week's episode. What if this show isn't actually that good? Is this about the podcast? Oh, this, no, this show's never been good. No, this, this show's never been... This, we've not. We've never claimed that. There are a thousand multiverses where this show's really good. <laughs> this, this is not, not one. one of them. No. Um, <laughs> so I saw Free Guy on Friday, the same day as the RTD news. Free Guy was a film that I saw. What a great review. I don't want to spoil anything, but I felt what was going on outside of the game was much more interesting. Also, a massive lack of women in actual commentary on gaming... It's a film for the Fortnite generation, but too raunchy for a 12A. I can believe that just going off Ryan Reynolds' bland, bland? brand of humour. Yeah. Like, it, it does seem like he's too... Like he, to make, he makes too many fuck jokes for a 12A. Let's let's be honest about hmm. it. Like, so... And that's kind of what's putting me off it, but... Yeah, because it, the way it's been marketed is very much sort of like a, like a 12 certificate PG-13 kind of... Hey, I don't is, think it is This that. is fun, yeah. but yeah. Um, okay, that's interesting. 
Well, that's there's our free guy review. From well, it's me coming and... to Disney Plus relatively soon, so I'll probably check it out then. I, I can't remember where I read it, but somewhere said you can tell the moment Disney acquired Fox during the production. <laughs> Be- because... <laughs> Because in the third act, there is a moment involving two pieces of pop culture iconography that both belong to Disney that okay. you know they wouldn't have had in it okay. unless Disney was behind like something at the company by that point in the production. That's interesting. My prediction is one of them is a lightsaber. It would make sense, yeah. Yeah. Don't want the other one is, but one would be a lightsaber. So. Uh, it'd be something marvel maybe. Which, I mean, technically, Fox could have swindled at the time. They yeah. could be like, well, you know, we... We, we, we kind of got, like, sort of joint ownership over it's the original parody. Star Wars movies, so come on, let us let us, let us off with this one. Come right. On. Here we go. <gasps> Who's this from? The Prodigal Son Returns. <gasps> Not a pleb. Tom Monty cannot contain his excitement. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally can't keep it in. Oh. Uh, no, that's just the title of the email. Ah. Not in all caps. Fucking hell. Has Tom shut himself? This is, this is a great email, Tom. Thanks for this. Um... Dear Chris and Matt, was it separated like that? No. Oh thank God. No, the emphasis <laughs> is the is the readers. Um, please forgive me for yet another prolonged absence. This past year hasn't been the best for me mentally, and I've been finding it hard to find motivation to formulate these emails on a regular basis. No apologies necessary, Tom. No obligations to formulate emails yeah, on a regular basis. Don't worry about it. You want to touch base every now and again? Let us know you do. Feel free to do that. Yeah. But hey. Take care of yourself first and foremost. You're you're more important than talking to two random fucking weirdos yeah, in the podcast. Um, yeah, these these two fucking yeah, we're the plebs. So much so, you're the you're the puppet. Even the news that Chris Chibnall was leaving wasn't enough to get me to write in. But this stops now. <laughs> Russell T Davis is returned, and Tom Monty cannot contain his excitement. This is underlined. He has prepared some thoughts and questions on these pieces of news. Is Tom writing this? Or is like his alien uh, underling writing it for him? <laughs> you might guess that I was absolutely overjoyed at the news that Chris Chibnall will be leaving after series 13. It was the most excited I've been about Doctor Who since my fast departure was announced. Until this week. I think it's a bit of a shame that Jodie is leaving now since I had zero connection to her Doctor during two series and would have liked to have seen her shine before she leaves. I'm doubtful as to whether this will happen in S13. But TBH, I'm glad she's leaving with Chibnall because the idea of a clean, sa- clean slate for the show will always be more exciting to me than anything else, especially with the recent news. And it also means that the 13th Doctor will depart in series 13 and the 14th Doctor will debut in series 14, which makes me extremely happy, but makes my tongue very... Very tired. Um, I listened to your reactions on the podcast, and you both seem pretty indifferent about it, but I hope you aren't indifferent about the more recent news. What news is that? Russell's return was revealed yesterday right. at time of writing, and it still hasn't sunk in. Following Chibnall's departure, I didn't think anything would be able to top that in terms of the news, but this is just wonderful. Seeing Russell's face in that picture in the press release just made me beam with delight, and I think this might be the happiest I've been in a very long time. It's absolutely fantastic, and do you know what? So was I! <laughs> If that picture of his face made you happy, you could be really happy with the podcast thumbnail this yeah. week. <laughs> He's got such a happy face, though, hasn't he, Rusty? I, I I spent twenty minutes before you arrived, like cutting out him in that picture so we could layer it's it for the good. graphics. It's very, it's a very. I good love face. how they put him on a green screen, but then didn't put anything behind him. No, they knew you were going to do it. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but it was too dark. It didn't key easily in my software, well, so I had to manually cut around it. This is your fucking problem, isn't it, uh, Chris? Yes. I know you know Russell personally. Well, we, we've talked. So so I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this. Not to suggest that I wouldn't like to hear Matt's thoughts on the matter as well. 
How dare you suggest such a thing? I uh, yeah. I guarantee of... Chris has got more thoughts about this than I had though. Let's be, let's be honest. Like... I, I did I I did send him a message pitching what I think should be the 60th anniversary special. Shall I read you? No, I won't read your response because no. that's 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 that I'm that's his business. I'm not kissing and telling. That's um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but I will I will happily read you uh, uh, what I said to him. Um, which was, uh, yeah, so I said, uh, throwing this out there before I forget, has to be said, feel free to ignore it, but here goes. The si- Doctor Who 60th special should just be an hour of Richard Herndall eating a pineapple like a man possessed. I think that'd be neat. <laughs> he quite, he quite liked it. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's. <laughs> Well, what I'm saying is, if the 60th anniversary is just Richard Herndall eating a pineapple like a man possessed, then uh, you can thank me. You can thank me. Question is, will we see the mind probe? Not the mind probe. Not the... Or the Raston Warrior robot. That's why the Raston Warrior robot's getting an action figure. Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. I have doubts. It's in a weird position on the packaging. I'm just saying... Well, oh, uh, that would be really easy to make. Every position is a weird position for the Raston Warrior robot. Look oh, at that leotard. What are you talking um, about? It's the ultimate killing machine. <laughs> so, all right, let's get... It moves so quickly, Matthew, it's practically we, invisible. We've got bullish... Watch it jump in the air and then be cut out the shot because they cut the footage. It's so good. <laughs> I love the Raston. Uh, do you have any idea as to why Urtada has decided to come back now? Didn't he say he'd never return to the show? And didn't he decline countless requests from Moffat to return for episodes during his tenure? Why now? Why not now? I think we covered this a bit earlier, didn't we? It's yeah. like it's been ten years. Uh, he's, people he's, change their minds. He's, he's probably had some really cool thoughts for it. Maybe he was approached. Maybe he threw his hat in the ring. Who knows? But mm. this is the guy who wrote "It's a Sin." I'm excited to see what he'll do with Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> do you think the general reception of the Chibnall era has in any way influenced the decision to bring back Russell? Is this a reaction from the BBC? I don't think it's a reaction from the BBC. I don't think the BBC. Uh, um, sad for it to go this way. I think yeah. they'll be quite bloody happy for this to be whatever it is, but I don't necessarily think it's them making that decision. Yeah. Um, maybe they did, like, pitch it to him. And I don't think... Because here's one other worrying thing. A lot of the naysayery, you know, not-my-doctor people and whatnot are going to see this as damage control. Yeah. The only people who've been saying the current run... Like, have been going on and on about the current run being shit is you lot. Yeah. Like, the general public either tunes in or doesn't, they're not looking at it as like, oh, Doctor Who saved! They're looking at it as, oh, I used to watch this. That was cool. Yeah, I'll watch this. Yeah. Why not? Like yeah. that. That's as far as they're thinking. Doctor Who, it, this might come as a shock to a lot of our listeners, and it definitely what? will to like the Not My Doctor kind of um, culture. Um, Doctor Who's a fucking TV show, and there are other things on the world, on the Earth and in your life that are or could be going on. Um, go touch grass. It's. You know, I love touching grass. I love touching grass, especially. Um, your ass is grass, and I'm gonna mow it. Um, oh, it wasn't the grass that tickled your ass. I personally. It was my finger. I can't. I personally can't picture RTD without Murray Gold. Do you think there's any possibility you could return? I've had all the strange creatures playing on repeat since the announcement. The funny thing is, is I don't, I don't think anyone's actually actually ever seen Murray Gold and Russell T Davis in the same time at the same, uh, in the same place. So I think they might be the same person. Russell. <laughs> Russell T. 
Murigoldie. The, there yeah, it is. There we found him. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I hope Murray Gold doesn't return. I hope not because he did it. He did it as much as you know the music that Murray Gold did for the show was good. It was mm. great. Um, I. He did it for like ten yeah, years. That's last... over ten years. So that's a long time designing I, what yeah. the show sounds like. And we got to hear different eras and motifs and styles. Like the eleventh Doctor's era is distinctly different from the ninth and tenth Doctor's yeah. era. But I would rather hear Sagan Akinola's interpretation yeah. of a new era or a different um, composer's also... interpretation in general. I think the reason people speculate it is because Murray Gold has worked on quite a few of the productions yeah. Russell's done since. But I think, I for me, I think that there is um, there is a degree of sort of leaning onto the nostalgia and going, oh, it's going to be good again. It's going to be exactly like it There's was in 2005. There's already people going, oh, will David Tennant come back? And yeah. Say, Why? And it's like, it's not how it works. Well, it, you can't make the same show now that you did in 2005 to 2009 because it's 2020, 2022, 2023 by the time they're doing this. So... Just because it's got the people involved that you rem- that made the show that you remember fondly doesn't mean it will be the same show and they will make it the same way. And they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And if they did, you'd probably find it disappointing because you kind of can't go home again in some in a lot of ways. Yeah. And um, in the age of streaming and, and home media, like why would you want it to be exactly the same when you can just watch that thing that you want it to be whenever? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. go away. I'll just go back and watch those series. <laughs> yeah. uh, the press release is vague when it says returning for the 60th and series beyond. How long do you think the second RTD era will last? I've had some people saying it will only be last the series, but I'm really hoping it will be even longer than its original run. Nobody knows. Probably not even Rusty. So speculation is irrelevant. I think if I were to speculate based on previous history, I think a few years at least, I think it'll be shorter seasons. Yeah. Um... Because that means a quicker turnaround in today's day and age, but they'd want to definitely try and put out a season a year. I would like it to return to a more yeah. uh, regular schedule. Yeah, that's, but I think that's been the biggest problem with Chibnall. Look era. at the work Bad Wolf has done with his Dark Materials in particular. I think that's the biggest comparison oh, to what they've what turned this that around really be. fucking quickly. Yeah, and there was there was like a gap, like a year gap between them, but that was because of the pandemic moving things around a little bit. But even then, yeah, they basically cut an episode from series two. Yeah, because of the pandemic. They- just couldn't make it work, but it was all stuff that and how good didn't does that show do. look? It's a gorgeous looking show. It's incredible, absolutely and, gorgeous and looking show. Like so, that alone has me excited. But uh, also, if you read the writer's tale um, or any big interviews of Russell after his time on Doctor Who, where he talks about um, being the showrunner, it nearly killed him multiple times mm. in terms of the workload. But that was because he was also showrunning three shows yeah. and was across several other projects like Confidential, Totally, Doctor Who, things like that. And, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff to be in charge of. I would hope that he delegates it, a bit more this time Yeah, around. I mean, even if that means as a showrunner, he contributes a couple scripts and the overall arc to each project. So instead, it's you know spread out a little more. So it's more that his more that his finger is in each of the pies rather than yeah. he's baking and eating, and in between that decorating all the pies. I, I think I think I think we're looking at a few years possibly. Um, just you know, let him take a breather for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think there is stuff that needs to be. Uh, Richard brought this up in the Five Who Fans podcast. Um, this stuff that needs to be addressed. Yeah. From the original tenure yet, uh, especially in light of information this year, 
about uh, a certain actor and another certain actor mm. and, and what that may mean uh, for the departure of another certain actor who has been more open about his departure from the show but still vague enough because it's not his place to talk about certain things. Like, I, I kind of hope that we hear a little more from Russell and Julie about those days. Yeah, that will be interesting. Even if it's just a clarifying statement of, we knew this, we didn't know that, or, you know, we let this happen not realising the severity, and for that, you know, we, we are sorry, or anything. But I also just... think it's interesting that there is one producer from that original one who's not returning. I mean, that may that may simply just be down to Phil Collinson being tied up way more in ITV than ITV drama. Ah, uh, possibly. But I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Phil yeah. allowed other thing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, I don't... Look, and again, me, yeah. we, we don't know if they allowed... You know, allowed's the wrong word. We don't know if stuff went on under their nose that they just didn't really have the control to deal with at that point. Yeah. In a way that was down to either an experience or access or, you know, it's, it's, I mean, look at the way Noel Clark combated the accusations mm. earlier this year. It, he came out swinging at first. Yeah. And his mate came out swinging on his behalf. And it's like, if the reaction is that big and br- harsh and, and brash to the accusations, what would it have been like just trying to find out what was going on back then? You never know. Yeah. Yeah, you know that may have been why Mickey of... was only around for a certain period of time. Yeah, and, I know. mean, well, mm, yeah, difficult, yeah. difficult to to think about. But to, I, th- I think to... I think at some point someone needs to just sort of go right. So here's what we knew, and here's what you know. Um, but to... from a purely artistic standpoint, I'm just I'm very excited. To what extent do you think slash hope the second RTD era will feel like the original RTD era? I'm guessing we'll be seeing a return to the focus being on characters, maybe focus on the companions, like with Rose. Yeah. I don't... Has, I, has the focus ever really moved away from the characters in I mean, a big way? Who, who's Clara's family? You know, I think How well do we know Amy's mum and dad after, that, after that a series with, ended with them being resurrected? I feel like, like this is great. I feel like they've rectified that with Chibnall, though. Yeah, but everybody went on the journeys. Like, we don't really know much about Yaz's family beyond their... They argue a bit. Oh, a sister argues with her a bit. They've got some characterization at least. Yeah, but it was it's not been the focus. And that might also down be due to it being ten episodes. Yeah, and the, the I definitely think that's, that's... on the family a little bit each time. But I do think um, that they have been <clears throat> correcting that with the last two yeah, series. Yeah, Russell's era sort of... Not Russell's era, sorry, Moffat's era... Uh, Started to dip a toe back into it with Bill before the ending. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I do look forward to the domestic side of it returning because I think he does that very, very well as his series he's done since then yeah. continue to prove. But I'm not um, I'm not hoping that it's, like you said, just a retread of the, what's come before. Mm. Like I want it to have an, have an echo of that era. Yeah. But in the same way that What's any that era saying, has yeah. an echo of yeah. the original, like, I don't think you can just do the same thing again. I think we're... Yeah. Not this line. Um, What do you think RTD will mean for the 60th? How many Doctors will we see? I think this all but confirms Tenant's return. No, it doesn't. But what would you say the odds are that Eccleston will come back now? Are he and RTD still on bad terms? Um... I know they admire each other professionally a lot, but there's there's obviously... Chris Eccleston's made it quite clear that um, Julie, Phil and Russell... Uh, why he he left? Yeah, 
Um, and the, again, the implications being from stuff that he was unhappy with that he feels they could have dealt with. Yes. Which, as more things are revealed, we yes. all we all think we know what that is. But it might not be. It might be this, it might be that. I don't think you're looking at Chris coming back unless a strong enough... Because another reason why he won't come back is because he felt like the BBC treated him like shit. Yeah. Um, and the BBC uh, the only exactly... reason he did the A word was because like he, yeah. the, the script resonated with him a lot and he was like this is important I want to be a part of this but he's not done any other BBC stuff since like, uh, apart from the A word and I think the BBC as an institution at the moment mm. is not exactly <clears throat> in a strong place with res- with regards to integrity yeah. and you know uh, treating artists properly I think the industry as a whole isn't I mean yeah. Look at the way that Equity handled the whole Lawrence Fox thing. Jesus like it's, Christ! It's it, yeah. it it it's not necessarily the best place for. I think um, yeah, someone like Eccleston with his values as yeah. well to want to come back. Now I think, I think he would come back in some capacity if a statement, not necessarily like a, you know, a written statement, but just like a a statement was made. Yeah. By either the showrunning team or the BBC that would make him go. It's gonna you've owned come up, up to summer. I'll yeah. I'll contribute. Uh, it's gonna come up eventually. I don't think tenants are sir. I think he's more. He's the most likely. Yeah, but to I pop up in something. I think Smith would revel the chance to give it a try. Maybe yeah, probably because uh, he got to he got to he got to play the Doctor under Russell once in yeah. the Death of the Doctor Sarah Jane Adventures, um, and. Uh, Capaldi sort of made statements lately that suggest he's not in a rush to return to the role. Uh, I'm not fucking <clears throat> surprised, mate. I can't. I can't imagine you had the best experience. Um, but that may be more to do with like the way it was for him at the time. Yeah. And the chance to come out and play for a special with a different team or whatever might make him go. Yeah, do you know what? Why not? Uh, and Jodie, I don't. If the sixtieth is immediately after her regeneration, I don't see Jodie doing it. Or at least being a main character in it, because it would be a bit like, didn't you just leave? This is really confusing. Which is why I think the 60th may not be the first one to come out okay. after the um, the BBC Centenary special slash Jodie's Last Story. I wouldn't be surprised if we're finding out about the production and the new team now in 2021, because sometime in 2022 they're going to be filming things for a 2023 release that wouldn't just be a feature-length special in November of 2023. Yeah. I have a suspicion, and this is completely suspicion, I don't know. I mean, this is all fucking uh, speculation. I think we're going to get a series in 2023 to establish the new Doctor. So that if you wanted to go multi-Doctor route for the 60th... Which they will. I mean... I mean, it's not a written rule. No, but, 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 why but they you? always do yeah, it for why, some why, reason. Why wouldn't yeah. you? If you're going to want to do a big shebang and it's an anniversary thing, you want to bring a lot of the history of the show into that. Yeah, like, I, I, I think I, that's what I would do, but I'm you've not you've the got, showrunner. You've got Russell. Is. You've got Russell, who's excellent with the companions. Do a, yeah. do a multi-companion story. Do a story about... We, ne- we now know from like established stuff in the recent publications and whatnot that Ace is running that organisation, a charitable earth, and is now based in London, and she's had, you know, non-canon, but it's BBC Books, with a trailer for season the season 26 collection yeah, yeah. that is using that book as a visual reference. Yeah. And that scene happens in the book, apparently. Yeah. So, 
we know that she's in London doing her own thing. We know because of the Sarah Jane Adventures, Death of the Doctor, like that the companions have had other lives doing X, Y, and Z. Joe Jones, now not knee, um, uh, Grant. Grant is out there with Cliff. Like, they're in the collection uh, trailers doing mini-adventures, which are all tongue-in-cheek, but they're in character, mm. and it sticks with what we last found out about them in Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Like, you know, you, 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 you have Martha. She is there in this universe. Freem Ranchman has said, God, yeah, no, I love the show, and I've got nothing but love for my time on it. And is happy to talk about it at conventions, and, and she's, now po- she's now dipped a toe into Big Finish. Like with an upcoming Mar- a Martha themed box set set during the year that never was. Big finish gets us all in the end. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. It's like you have you have this breadth of characters and actors. Yeah. Who, that's a nice idea, I think. If you turned to him and said, Hey, um Do you want to be in a heavily publicized uh, one hour TV special written by Russell T. Davies? They're gonna I say, Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And and why not? Why that, not? That to me that would be an exciting 60th. And especially if the 60th does come before a new full series for the new Doctor. You know mm. what I mean? I would rather there be a special that's not about the Doctor, which maybe you reveal the 14th one at the end of. Well, I, that, I'm going to skip ahead a question because one of the questions that Tom asked later <laughs> is, the way I understand it is we're getting the end, the end of Chibble at the end of next year and then we'll have no Doctor Who content until the 60th. Do you think there'll be anything in between? I think it'd be a So series. yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, and the 60th doesn't necessarily have to go out in November either. It could just go out I mean, earlier in the it year. It does kind of need to because it's the, that's how anniversaries work, mate. Well, yeah, it's the, it's the anniversary date, but it's the anniversary year. So you could just like put yeah, stuff on Yeah, but the date's important. In, you know, like people don't celebrate the wedding anniversaries in March when they got married in fucking November. No, you know that's I mean? absolutely true, but we're also not celebrating. <laughs> you know what I mean? You we're don't all, celebrate all, your birthday. Also... If, you bir- if you were born in January, you don't celebrate your birthday in fucking March, do you? I, Come on. I do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I want the party to last all Just year. Fucking... So what you're saying is we have to bump the JFK and assassination anniversary to a different part of the schedule? Yes! Yes! <laughs> and then rebroadcast it next week. Um, <laughs> That's what they should do. Yeah. They should show the Doctor Who 60th anniversary a week later and go, we were going to put it on last week, but there was a fucking documentary yeah. about the Kennedy assassination. Fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, what does RTD mean for the casting of the 14th Doctor? How likely do you think it will be someone from either Years or Years or It's a Sin? I've seen Ollie Alexander and Lydia West as hot contenders, but I can't really see them in the role TBH, although I wouldn't rule them out for potential companions. I still personally believe that no matter what, the next Doctor should be a female uh, performer. Yeah, because the one thing you don't want is people, is then the Not My Doctor crowd going, Oh, see, it was the Woms that ruined it, and now it's not a Wom anymore. It'll be good again. Slash the casual audience referring to Jodie as the girl doctor. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. Despite and the I... existence of Joe Martin, who is also a girl but yeah. Yeah, but again, Whatever. general audiences don't necessarily know about Joe Martin's doctor. Like, people well, who... people who should. People who, <laughs> yeah, people, people who don't watch the series in its entirety every year won't know. So She's cool as shit. She's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> but but that, that's, that's the thing. I, I made that point on Twitter the other day. And I got an awful lot of people going, well, if you want the casting to be so open, the fact you're limiting, limiting it to a woman is oh, completely the finger point. I'm like, hey, hey, do you know how you balance scales? You don't gradually change things. You fucking change them in the opposite direction for a while and then you level it out. It's one of the, reason, it's one of the reasons why me, as a white performer in 2021, is going through my spotlight emails and seeing a lot less castings for... Yeah white roles or people who are white to play a role 
the reason why it doesn't annoy me on a personal level, on a work level, I'm like, oh, that's a shame. That looks like a fun project. Anyway, moving on. And you carry on with your life. The reason why it doesn't bother me on a personal level is because there's been a lot of people who look yeah, like me it's... in a lot of things for a long fucking time. Do you know how you balance that out? You don't do it gradually. No. You don't do it gradually. You do it in a big fucking wave. And to say, well, you have to go for the right person. Like, what's to say the right person will be there in that, say, casting for a, a black actor in that role? So you're saying that there isn't someone who could be perfect for this in, mm. in a category where it's just black actors? That in itself is a bias. And Like, what do you... Shut up. Like, let the, let the pendulum swing completely the other way for a while. And then let it come back to the centre. I love a big swinging pendulum. Jodie being one doctor for three years, one female doctor for three to four years, is not the pendulum taking a big swing for a while. No. It's the pendulum starting to swing in the opposite direction. Yeah. So I think the next doctor, yeah, it should it be it should be someone who's right for the role. Yes, and someone who's right for the role can be a woman. Yeah, so let's cast like cast the net as wide as possible. Cast the net as wide as possible for that one category yeah. for a while. And then open it up to everyone else again in the future. Like, yeah. there is nothing wrong with that. It's, I, I don't like it being a woman. Well, fuck off and come back in three more years <laughs> when the casting is open oh, just again. Fuck all the way off. Yeah, like, I just... We're past, uh, we're past the gender the thing. The fact that anyone on. has a problem come with on. that annoys me so we're past much. past the gender thing. Yeah. Uh, will they oh, keep the no. same logo? I'm kind of hoping they make one that harkens back to the 2005-2009 logo, but with a fresh feel. Keep um, the same logo. Keep the same logo. Keep the same logo we currently have. But if you want to harken back, put it in a frame. Yeah, put it in an put orange. It, put it in an orange frame. Put it in an orange skate surfboard. Um, you know I mean, I, I'm sorry. They've committed to like the collection yeah. and things like that now. Not you keep this fucking logo for as long as it keep takes. Keep this logo. I'll fucking cut you, Russell. <laughs> uh, my sincerest apologies for the magnitude of questions. Tom Monty has never had this much on his mind. Love, <laughs> Tom Monty. Monty. P.S. Five Who Fans Podcast Return! That's three exclamation marks. Yeah. Anything to do with RTT's return by any chance? Will the Christopher Johnson be making an appearance? Well, that question's been answered by now. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, if that if that teaser at the beginning of this podcast yeah. didn't indicate anything to you. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, it's out there. Go listen to it. All 11 show up in the podcast in one way or another. Um, that being the 105 Who fans and... Uh, most script writery of writers, Joel H. Jolson, yeah. uh, aka Clara Oswin Osgood Osband Oswald. Osband. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell. Joel could read me the phone book and I would have a great time. Um, and I, I've had a great time this week. I've had a great time this Ooh, week. Oh, that was a segue. Now we're going to have a go. Off, we're going to have a go off a brew, and then we're going to have a great time next week. Yeah, because we're going to have next week's. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Get your emails in about the What If final two episodes. Uh, BigDamnContact at gmail.com so we'll talk about them two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. You can also catch now. the Mayhew doing things with his thumbs. Doing things with me... me, me um, doing it a bit gaming on Sunday night. On Big... Uh, Have a no, look. Fuck, what's it called? Twitch.tv forward slash BigDamnStream. Yeah. <laughs> you can also follow our wares and whiffles on at BigDamnCast on Twitter. And you could just follow us around if you wanted, but we will call the authorities, so deal with it. Patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. Good <gasps> bike, my dear... This is where you, you fuck off now as the music plays. Oh, yeah, I need yeah. to go. Yeah, you've got to leave now. got to leave. I've got to leave. I'm urgently required. <sighs> no foreplay. <laughs> no aftercare. <laughs>